Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance. Our next Reddit post is from Slim Pickings. This popped into my mind recently. I used to work at a retail tropical fish store, and weird as it is, we were very well known. We used to provide the aquarium with rare fish, and people used to drive from two to three states over if they were true fish people to come buy from us. At the time, I was a 17-year-old girl, and I was an expert in tropical fish and koi. In fact, it was my job that summer to be the koi and outdoor pond point person, and my job was not only stocking the ponds, but managing all the plants, caring for them, and knowing every bit of information and all the prices of the various koi and goldfish we had. I knew diets, temperature ranges, places of origin, special breeds, I knew it all. They would even call me with questions on my days off. That clearly didn't matter to one customer though. He came inside the store and asked for some help with koi outside. I happily agreed, as I was the only person not on my lunch break. Now, this guy frankly seemed put off by me offering to help. So instead of buying anything, he decided to quiz me for 20 minutes about the koi, goldfish, and pond plants to try to get me to admit I didn't know something. I answered every single one of his stupid questions. Some were really stupid. And at the end of the 20 minutes, he had the balls to say, Can I talk to someone who knows things? Like a man? Full emphasis and tone on those words, too. Sure you can, I say with a fake smile. Let me get John for you. Here's the malicious compliance. John, who was 75, was retired, annoying as hell, and crazy. My boss didn't even want him to be hired, but he owed John a favor. Now, John is an expert in goldfish, but he hates koi and outside ponds. John, also like I said, is really annoying and crazy, but he had a soft spot for me so we would always chat. I went inside to find John and explained to him that this customer wanted a man to talk to. John asked me why he wanted to speak to a man when I was the pond point person, and I told him that he clearly just didn't like that he was speaking to a girl. John nods knowingly, gets this evil grin on his face, and goes to help the customer. Five minutes later, I hear a man yelling in the parking lot. I run outside and find the customer screaming at John and cursing him out. What is wrong with you? Does nobody effing know anything around here? I will never come back. You're all horrible and know nothing about fish and you're a terrible employee. Or something to that effect. I watch the guy hop into his car, slam the door, and drive off. I ask John what happened. He said, oh yeah, no, every time he asked me a question, I said, hmm, not sure, good question though. I could go get OP and ask, she's really our pond expert. And apparently he didn't like that. Customer, if you read and remember this, F you. Thanks for reading. And down in the comments, we have a similar story from Grant B. Wilson. When I was 21, I had a summer job driving a bus around Banff for a group of hotels. It was free for the guests staying at any of our five hotels in Banff. I had my class 4 license, which is required to drive those 24 passenger shuttle buses. I looked like a young, fun-loving guy, because I was. I pulled up to a group of people that were flagging me down. This happens when guests see me, but they aren't at a stop. No worries, I pull over. I open the door, and Karen looks right at me with that open mouth gasp that is so signature of Karen's. Well, you're most certainly not old enough to be driving this bus. We kind of just stared at each other through the open door. I didn't know what to say. Someone else pushed past her and said, Looks fine to me, and sat down. She stood there in the door and pulled out her phone. I'm calling the hotel to make sure that you should be driving. 
All the other guests on the bus sigh. She wasn't finished finding the phone number when someone on the sidewalk outside said, Wow, look, an eagle! She stepped off the bus for a second to get a look. I closed the door and left her there. Next bus is in an hour. I don't know if there even was an eagle. Our next Reddit post is from Nerd Without a Cause. So, my husband works from home and has a very tidy office. I work in a lab and so can't usually work from home, and since our house is small, I never really set up a workspace for myself. And to be honest, I'm not the most organized person, so usually my belongings are found scattered all over the house. My husband once turned around the car when he realized that he forgot to make the bed, so my messiness is a challenge for him. Anyway, one day a few years ago while my husband was out, I had to sign something. I couldn't find a pen in my bag, and so I stole one from my husband's desk. A few hours later, the following conversation occurred. Hey, did you take the blue pen off my desk? Oh, yeah, sorry. I rifle through the stack of junk on the kitchen table until I find it. Here you go. My husband, slightly irritated, said, I wish you wouldn't take my stuff. You're always losing things. Now, I'm a little huffy, because while it's true that I lose things from time to time, we're talking about a $1 paper-made pen, not a Mont Blanc. I say, well, you're the only one with an office full of office supplies. I don't even have any place to keep my own stuff. Well, why don't you just get a bunch of pens and put them all over the house with the rest of your stuff? Then you'll be able to find them. And then he stalked back off to his office. Okay, fine, I think. Let's do it your way. I hop on Amazon and, oh look, 10 pins for 5 pounds? Let's get 3 sets in each color. Plus a few pin holder cylinders and a pack of Sharpies for good measure because you can never have enough Sharpies. Add to cart and confirm. The next day, my malicious package fortuitously arrived while my husband was out of the house. When he returned home, he was greeted by a lovely bouquet of pins in the entryway. He was soon to discover a similar bouquet in the kitchen, on the mantel, the table at the top of the staircase, bedroom dresser, and bathroom cabinet. This is a small two-bedroom house, so pins had suddenly become the primary design motif. His only comment was an exasperated, really? To which I just grinned in reply. He did move the one out of the bathroom, but the other stayed where they were and are actually pretty handy. I haven't needed to borrow any of his pins since, so I think we both won. And then down in the comments, we have a similar story from Balls to Aesir. My ex and I were both smokers, and she couldn't retain possession of a lighter for more than a day or two. She'd misplaced it and was constantly asking me for a light, then reflexively pocketing my lighter and putting it in her pocket or her purse. For April Fool's Day, I bought 50 lighters off of Amazon. I started by putting 10 or so in her purse. For the next few days, Every time she left the room, I would drop another lighter or two in her purse. There was a bowl on the table near the entrance. I guess her purse got crowded or heavy, so a few days later, there were about 10 lighters in the bowl. That didn't stop me. I kept dropping a lighter or two into her purse every day. Before long, the bowl was overflowing and her purse still had a dozen lighters in it. That's when she told me that I'd made my point and to stop with the lighters. And then Wambu adds, How can her bag get heavier when you added lighters to it? Our next Reddit post is from Low Myopie. A few years ago, I moved back to the city where I had been a university student. As I was now a young professional and had experienced significant issues with housemates in the past, I decided that I would rent a small flat from a reputable agency which specifically catered for young professionals such as myself. 
I went and viewed the property, which was quite messy and needed to have a few things addressed. But seeing as tenants were still living in the property and the agency assured me that in between tenants, the landlord would clean the property and resolve any small issues prior to moving in, I happily signed a contract and wrote a check for the deposit and first month of rent. Two months later, I moved into the property and was welcomed with the following issues. And then OP includes an absolutely massive list of all the terrible things that were wrong with this apartment. I'm not going to read them all because it's quite long, but here's a few highlights. The previous tenants had left much of their belongings behind, namely clothes and bedding. The main supply and circuit breaker was ripped from the wall, which is incredibly dangerous. The vinyl floor was ripped up. There was fecal matter on a light switch. The washing machine was broken and the gas cooker was missing burner caps, so it was therefore unusable. It was very clear that two things had occurred here. The first being that the previous tenants had done a bit of a number on the property. They had not respected the property and had left quite a lot of damage in their wake. They didn't even have the decency to empty the place of their contents and, at a bare minimum, take the rubbish out before leaving. The second issue, however, is that the landlord had evidently not made any significant attempt to bring the property back into a habitable state prior to me moving in. Being the reasonable guy that I was, I called the landlord and asked if he could resolve these issues immediately, primarily as the property was genuinely in a dangerous and non-habitable state. I didn't want to be a dick about it. However, at the bare minimum, the flat should be safe to inhabit. The landlord dismissed all of my complaints and stated that his wife had inspected and cleaned the property a few days before and all was fine. This was a blatant lie. I told him that I was extremely unhappy with the situation and he told me to adhere to the contract which you'd signed. He subsequently hung up on me. Any sympathy I had for that landlord evaporated at this moment. He was happy for me to live in a dangerous property. So I went through my contract line by line and found two key pieces of information. One, if a property is deemed to be in breach of fire regulations or is deemed uninhabitable by a suitable representative, it is the responsibility of the landlord to resolve such issues immediately. Two, if the landlord cannot resolve such issues immediately, it is the responsibility of the landlord to provide alternative accommodation to the tenant until the property is returned to a habitable state. Fortunately, a close member of my family at the time was a fellow of the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors. Within the hour, I had a formal letter stating that the property was uninhabitable and dangerous. I had this email to the landlord. Within 10 minutes, I had a call from him arranging emergency accommodation at a local hotel until he returned from his business trip three days later. On his return, he drove directly to the property from the airport and returned the checks for my deposit and first month's rent to me and asked me to move out, which I gladly did. Unbeknownst to him, a copy of the letter had been sent by my family member to the housing ombudsman and the local authority. The last thing I heard is that this bloke ended up being investigated, heavily fined, and had to sell the house. So as I was reading this, my first thought was that the previous renters must have been really terrible renters. But by the end of the story, I was thinking, maybe they actually weren't all that bad. Maybe they also got screwed over by the landlord, so they were trying to get a last bit of revenge. Our next Reddit post is from I Am Groot. Back in middle school, we had a teacher, we'll call him Mr. Teacher, who was kind of a jerk. He was kind of an odd guy who came off as very condescending to students. He also seemed kind of disinterested in teaching in general. 
One day during math class, he's generally butchering a lesson on the basics of algebra. Literally the introduction on how an equation is formed and balanced. One kid is really struggling and asking a lot of questions. Mr. Teacher is struggling to come up with a coherent explanation. Finally, the class clown, who was actually pretty smart, couldn't handle it anymore and interjects. Mr. Teacher, you're explaining this in a really confusing way. It's not as complicated as you're making it out to be. Look, do you want to teach this class? Sure, I bet I can explain it better than you are right now. I'd like to see that. Go right ahead. Now, the tone of this wasn't friendly. Mr. Teacher was trying to put the kid in his place and he was really sarcastic about the whole thing. You could tell he thought Kid was going to bomb and be embarrassed. Well, Kid marches up to the whiteboard, grabs a marker, and spends five minutes walking the struggling kid through the lesson in front of the entire class. His explanation is clear, it makes sense, and at the end, the struggling kid goes, Oh, okay, now I finally get it. Thanks. (laughs) Mr. Teacher is pretty sour about this turn of events and picks on a small detail that Kid omitted from his explanation. He says, You know, kid, you didn't mention anything about this one detail. (laughs) The kid turns around and looks dead in Mr. Teacher's eyes and says, Mr. Teacher, do you want to teach this class? The class erupts in laughter and clapping as Mr. Teacher looks like he wants to kill the kid. Meanwhile, it was legit like a movie and the bell rings and class ended. Our next Reddit post is from Account Attempt 8. I worked for an IT company a while back and needed to do a return on a faulty computer component. My tickets would be constantly closed as complete from the vendor with no information given. We realized they used the same ticketing system as us due to a loop created by auto responses back and forth from both systems. We stopped the issue on our side and said, oh well, that's good to know. After a few weeks and over 50 tickets, I was no closer to a resolution. My strategy at that time was spamming them with tickets as they were very easy to create in our system. I tried calling. I'd leave voicemails, but messages stated that all returns are done via their online ticketing system. Okay. I sent my tickets to every department several times a day after getting no response from the returns department or my voicemails. Clearly, the tickets could be closed just as easily on their end with no care or repercussion. Then, I realized I had the answer all along. I asked my boss to remove the new rules he had implemented to stop the loop of responses. He set another rule to basically auto-clear the responses right after it's received and we've already auto-responded. This was to ensure that it doesn't crash the ticketing system since it was generating a response every few seconds. And I was was going to do this on five tickets. These responses also generate an email being sent back and forth. That should make for several hundred emails per minute. Better yet, I'm fairly certain images were getting relayed with each response. On an older or poorly set up system, that's a whole lot of traffic and data coming in. Even worse if no one there knows what's happening or how to stop it. Many companies don't have an IT department due to overall need. They outsource to companies like mine to fulfill those needs. It took less than an hour. We received a frantic call from the vendor asking us to stop the auto responses from our system because they didn't know how. It had basically taken down their email server because it was full and no one knew how to fix it. Oh, sorry about that. I'm glad you called though. I wasn't sure anyone worked at your company because I've been trying to contact you for weeks. We didn't notice a problem on our end, but we can see what's going on now. Must be a different setup. Weird. I... (laughs) I had a credit for the part before we ended the call. 
I hung up the phone victorious, called the boss, and told him to put the roll back in. We never bought from them again. Dormammu, I've come to submit a ticket. That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, then follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcasts every single day.